Welcome to Behind the Books, a podcast by the Mercer County Library System. Your hosts are Bob Noose and Anna Vanskoyk. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Books. We're into October. Uh, Anna, I know our listeners who follow us closely are aware of this, but we're closing in on completing season two of Behind the Books, almost two years in. Uh, next episode after this one will be our conclusion of two years. Maybe we'll have some kind of celebration for that one. But for now, this is just another day at the office at Behind the Books. Did you think when we started that we would have this many episodes? I, I was thinking about this the other night, how when we started, we were kind of joking around. We're like, oh, we'll do a couple and we'll see how it goes. And now we're, what, this is 51 episodes in. 51 episodes in. And the thing that's made it, I think, so that it seems kind of uh, seamless for us is that we've had so many great authors and so many great people who we work with at the library system. And every one of them, I was actually thinking about this too the other day, like I was trying to think, who are some of my favorite people that we've talked to? And I think I've liked all of them. Like there's everybody that comes on, all the authors are great to talk to. And I love getting to talk to the people that we work with and find out what they do at the library system and also how they got to where they are. Each of the authors have brought their own unique story as well as our staff members. And that's something that I have truly appreciated about this experience. And coming up on this episode, we have uh, from the Mercer County Library staff, Shilpa Shanbog, who works in the reference department at the Hickory Corner Branch. Uh, she does some programs that we'll talk to her a little bit about and also her road to librarianship, which was an interesting one. And as our author guest, we have Deanna Rayborn, who has written a few different historical mystery series. People probably know her the most for that. And she also has out now her latest book, Killers of a Certain Age, which is a standalone thriller. But before we talk to Deanna about her new book, we'll talk to Shilpa Shanbog, and we'll be back to talk to her in a moment. Welcome to this part of the podcast where we talk to a staff member from the Mercer County Library System. Today, we have the great pleasure of talking with Shilpa Schonbog, who is from the Hickory Corner Branch, uh, the reference department. Shilpa, thank you so much for taking time today. Thank you for having me, Anna. So Shilpa, as part of the reference team at the Hickory Corner Branch, can you tell us a little bit about some of the things that you get to do? A uh, lot of the stuff that uh, reference librarians do, uh, answering reference questions. I also uh, do home borrowing, but uh, as a full-time librarian, I do a lot of uh, programs and I think that takes a lot of my time. We talked about that in another, I can't remember who we talked about that with, but someone was saying that we don't know if people really understand how much time it takes to put the programs together that we offer yeah. to our public. And I think it's because we're so thoughtful and thorough with what we're trying to do. I think one of the ones you do, isn't it a, do you do a cooking program at Hickory Corner? Yes, it, and you're right, it takes a lot of time. Um, I've been doing the No Cook series last few months and uh, uh, it takes a lot of time to put together everything. Uh, come up with the idea first of all and then you know put together the ingredients 
do the prep work in advance, remind the folks who have signed up uh, to be there because, you know, uh, we're spending so much time and effort. We want them to come and enjoy the program. I mean, it's very gratifying uh, when everything comes together. So, yeah, it's great. I, I think that is the one that I enjoy the most. Uh, that is something that's very close to my heart. A cooking program sounds pretty involved. Can you tell us a little bit about what goes into, you know, the, I guess between the preparation and then are you actually cooking there at the at the branch with the people that are by or is it just like letting them know how to cook something? Uh, no, not really. I'm not cooking anything. So which is why it, it's even more difficult because I'm uh, this is a no cook series. <laughs> so uh, basically uh, no heat involved i mean i'm not using the stove for anything uh it's it, it, this series came about like uh summertime when people don't want to cook so we keep it, I, I try to keep it very simple salsas chutneys um things like that and um you know i did a few uh, videos during the pandemic so that was fun and um that is how all this you know i threw the idea out to Sharon and she said, let's try it. So, so far it's been going great. I love the no cook idea because I totally think the summertime is a great time to do that because I hate firing up my oven or my, my stove in the summertime. Um, so I think there is a lot of possibilities there. And I just like, I just like how it's going to give, um, I don't know, kind of, you know, initiate some creativity in your participants as well. So I'm sure that they love the program. And I think it's neat that you do that. One of the things, I'm not sure if you coordinate, coordinated this or not, but at Hickory Corner, they recently had the loom. It was like a community loom that was yeah, outside. That was, right, right. Uh, that was uh, a part of, uh, uh, like, I came uh, about that idea through uh, a webinar I was doing. And then um, I asked Sharon if we could do something like that. Um, I showed her some pictures and uh, she was game. So um, fortunately for me, uh, I got a lot of support from everybody. And uh, Carlos, our maintenance staff here, um, built uh, the structure. Uh, he found uh, branches and then he put this whole structure together. And then I did the looming part. And it was a lot of fun. We got a lot of participants. Initially, it was slow. People actually, some people didn't even notice that it was around. So it was out there in the parking lot. Um, you know, it stood by the tree. And um, we had a little um, sign saying what it was all about. We were asking people to participate, uh, to put found things. Uh, when you go out for a walk, you find something interesting, leaves, branches, um, stones. Uh, somebody got a nest. And so uh, in the end, it turned out to be really beautiful. I so, love it. I love it. I love the idea. Yeah. And I'll make sure that um, I know that you sent pictures into Dana Benner for our social media. So we'll link to those in our show notes so people can see what it looked like. Because I just thought it was this this lovely um, symbolism of community that, that the Hickory Corner branch had done. Yes, yes. It was great fun. Even when I like I was in the process of looming and people would stop by and ask like, what is this about? And there was so much interest. And then uh, I got a bunch of kids who were really interested. So uh, that's always nice. So, 
yeah, that that was a great project. I would think you obviously you enjoy being a reference librarian, and I think when a lot of people hear that term, they think, oh, you just sit at the desk and they come up and they ask you questions and you find the answer. But you've managed to supplement that with programs, and there's obviously much more involved with what you do than just answering questions for people. Oh, yes, totally. I mean, answering questions for people also, I mean, uh, it, that has gone down a whole bit with the Internet. People find their own answers these days. Uh, so uh, I think, you know, uh, you have to come up with new ideas to engage people uh, to bring them into the library. And um, for a lot of people, uh, the library is not just a place for reading information. It's a hangout spot as well. And um, uh, it, it's a spot where uh, they meet up with friends or they make new friends. Uh, at least I'm constantly looking for ways in which to get people more involved, you know, to get them more interested. So personally, uh, I, you know, I have an interest in reading, but I think the library goes beyond that uh, in so many different ways. So it's, it, I don't think anywhere in this country um, there is, you know, public space you would find, you know, uh, where people can meet up, talk, exchange ideas. It's it's amazing. So to me, that takes over uh, even the idea of having books and all this information. So I agree with that. They don't have to buy anything, right? They don't have to buy anything. And, you know, as more and more things get privatized all over, this is the only place that is community owned, you know, that is common goods. That is, you know. Um, so I, I like that idea. That that idea to me is uh, very important. And that's been a recurring theme of people that we've talked to. A lot of the people that we've talked to, how it's not just what it's not what people think. And that's one of the things I think you kind of touched on that, where it's not just a bunch of people quietly sitting around doing work or or reading. There's a lot going on at, at the, I'm sure at your branch and, and every every one of our branches. Yes, totally. And, and it, during the pandemic, especially so because, you know, people were coming in or even when it was curbside pickup, uh, people, those little interactions meant a whole lot because you start your day with a little interaction. You talk to somebody, you get out of your house, um, you talk to somebody. Uh, that's a big deal. A lot of people uh, who feel, you know, lonely, isolated uh, for them. Um, the library is a sanctuary. So in that sense, I think during the pandemic, uh, we did some amazing work. So let me ask you this, Shilpa, what, so kind of talking about the library and how it's, how it's evolved and how we're transforming, like what was it for you that made you decide to pursue, pursue librarianship? I'd have to go back like uh, to when I was in India. I majored in uh, physics. And then I worked in the financial services for a little bit. And then um, basically what got me interested was um, not books. I mean, I like reading, but that uh, that was like kind of the big thing. But what I really was interested was uh, in information seeking behavior. And so when I applied to library school, I was more it was more about what sort of uh, 
in terms of behavior how does it work like what's the theory behind that and uh, when i got there and i came across all these amazing ideas then i wanted to see how it works in practice so you know that's how i got into librarianship that is so funny because that is so theoretical, right? And it's very <laughs> no, it is a practical position. So I think that I is fascinating. I enter every field that way, you know, with all these questions. Oh, how does this work? How does that work? Uh, and then initially, it's all theory. And then when I'm, uh, you know, uh, saturated with all the theory, I'm like, ah, there's too much theory. Let me go see. Uh, how it actually, you know, how do people practice? And so that, that's been my pattern <laughs> so far. Well, Shilpa, we've been talking with Shilpa Shanbog from the uh, Hickory Corner branch. Shilpa, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. I just, I loved hearing your story and I think you're doing fabulous things. So thank you for all you're bringing to the Hickory Corner branch as well as the library system. Thank you, Anna, thank you, Bob. Welcome back, everyone, as we move into the middle segment of Behind the Books. Thanks so much to Shilpa Schonbog for taking time to talk to us about what she's doing out at the Hickory Corner Branch with her programs. And it was an interesting journey to the library system. Very happy to talk to her. Um, and Anna, I know you're going to talk to us a little bit about some of the programs we have coming up. But before you do that, just want to remind everybody that there are still a few days left to submit your photo for our amateur photo contest. The deadline is October 9th. Go on to our mcl.org website for all the details. And I know we've been getting them submitted into all the branches. We look forward to seeing what people have to offer. And we will link directly to the webpage that has all the information about the amateur photo contest and to our show notes. Uh, of course, I wanna share a couple of programs that are coming up. October is LGBTQ History Month, and this month we have uh, Allison Lekovitz coming from the New Jersey Institute of Technology and Rutgers University in Newark. She's a professor there, and she's going to present the Queer Housewives and Husbands of New Jersey. And this program really touches on how we uh, often assume that before marriage equality, we had only traditional marriage, but changes to marriage progressed more strangely than we might expect, especially in New Jersey. So Dr. Lefkowitz is going to talk about the court cases that were used to rethink LGBTQ rights, marriage, and the law. And again, that is on Wednesday, October 12th. Uh, at seven in the evening, and that is a virtual program, so you would need to register to receive the link, and you can go to mcl.org to register, or you can use our app, MyMCLSNJ. And this is something that uh, is coming up on Wednesday, October 19th at two in the afternoon, and this is going to be presented by Patricia Moore, the Strategic Communication Specialist, NASA's Exploration System Development Mission Director. So she's going to be talking about 
the Artemis program and our return to the moon and what's happening technologically with this and what they're hoping for in the long run with this Artemis, with these Artemis missions that are taking place. And again, that's on Wednesday, October 19th at two in the afternoon. And again, it's another one you'll need to register to get the link for. It's a virtual program. And again, mcl.org, or you can use our app, MyMCLSNJ. Looking forward to those programs, along with the other stuff that it's being offered in the branches. And then I wanted to mention, I know last episode, we started mentioning a little bit about what some of the authors we've had on the podcast have been up to and new books coming out. And a couple I wanted to mention, Blake Crouch, who we talked to early on in one of our first season episodes. He has a book that's been out for a month or two now called Upgrade. I just finished reading that. Very good book. Um, recommend that to people. You can get that in our library system. And also Carter Wilson, who we had talked to uh, earlier this, I think probably about a year ago, he has a new book out called The New Neighbor, a, a psychological thriller. And that's also available in our library system. People might want to check those out. A couple of new books by authors that we have talked to in the past on Behind the Books. I love hearing what the authors are doing because just after, well, you know, after we talk to them or when we're talking to them, they're always talking about how we, we might be talking to them about their most recent release, but they're already working on that next project. So it's nice to see kind of what's coming out um, and being produced by the authors that we've talked to. And the next author we'll talk to is Diana Rayborn. We'll talk to her about her new book, Killers of a Certain Age, and we'll be back with her in a moment. New York Times and USA Today bestselling novelist Deanna Rayborn is a sixth generation native of Texas. Her novels have been nominated for numerous awards, including the Edgar, RT Reviewer's Choice, the Agatha, and The Last Laugh. Her writing includes two successful Victorian mystery series, the Veronica Speedwell series and the Lady Julia Gray series. Most recently, however, she's recently published her, or released her first contemporary thriller, Killers of a Certain Age, which came out on September 6th. Deanna, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I love that. I mean, people know you from your Victorian mysteries, and it's such a niche. And now you're, you've, you've come forward with the Killers of a Certain Age, um, which is a contemporary thriller. And it's I, wild, you know, isn't it? I know. So, I mean, you've probably been asked this a gazillion times, but how was it for you transitioning from this historical fiction to a contemporary novel? Well, it's weird because, you know, you, you transition both as a writer and as an author, and those are two different things. And the first time somebody referred to me as a contemporary thriller writer, I, I was like, what? I, you know, looking behind me, trying to figure out who they're talking about, because it's so out of my comfort zone. It, it, the way I transitioned into it as a writer is that my publishing company actually came to me and asked me if I would write something about um, older women doing something really kick-ass. And that was literally the entire brief. They said, we would just love to see something about women who are not 25 and who are doing something super cool and we don't care anything else about it. Like whatever you want to do is fine. And I thought about it and I came and I said, great, I want to be, and I want it to be contemporary and I want them to be assassins. So do you think 
that we've seen the last of the four, or do you think that it might turn into a series as well? Are you at liberty to tell us anything about that? So all I can say about that is discussions are being had. People are talking. Like, that's all I can say. People are talking. <laughs> I love it. And I just, I do, I love the whole concept of um, killers of a certain age, you know, women in their 60s and how, you know, traditional ways that were used and how they're, they're kind of looked down beyond, beyond, you know, like, oh, no, we have to move forward. We have to move forward when actually some mm -hmm. of those traditional things still work, you know, and what, what they're doing and in all workplaces, like I, I think it transitions yeah. for any woman in the work world, you know, where they are. Well, I mean, you know, they, they, they have learned a skill set, which in a lot of cases is kind of predicated on knowing human nature. You know, they have a lot of experience. They know how they know what makes people tick and, and they've observed a lot because when you're not the person who's usually at the center of everybody's attention, you have an opportunity to see what everybody else is doing. And when they're kind of thrown back on their own resources and they no longer have, um, all of, of everything that the organization they work for has at their disposal that usually makes it so easy to go and, and you know, carry out one of their missions, when they have to rely on themselves, they manage to, to you know, they, they just go right back to their, their basic fundamentals of assassinhood. You know, they, it's like, okay, we're going to go to the drugstore. I know 17 things in this aisle alone that can kill you. And I'm just going to take my pick because I can do this low tech. I can do it, you know, without all the bells and whistles. I don't need all of the, the drama and the fancy gadgets and, and all the, the, the little James Bond, uh, you know, flourishes that would make it fun, but that's not what I need to get the job done. So let me ask you this, because I know you're not an assassin, at least I don't think you are. So what kind of research did you do for espionage? <laughs> the, the kind that has me probably on about 17 watch lists right now. I mean, my search history on my computer is, it's so bad. I have, like, I always have to bookmark how much blood you can exsanguinate before you actually die. Um, and so I always have to, to go back and look at that, which I feel like is, is deeply suspicious. Um, but all the methods that I describe in the book actually work, but this is where I have to issue the disclaimer and say, please don't try this at home. Um, because I tried not to give people like specific recipes because I don't want you doing this, but yeah, they're, they're, they're possible, they're plausible they're just not necessarily likely methods for people to use. And I, I hope it stays that way. I'd wanted to ask you a little bit about the, um, going back to the Veronica Speedwell, I just was kind of interested. I've been reading those. And when you started that, did you know it was going to be that many books? Because I noticed like with, with Veronica and Stoker, it took a while for them to kind of get together. Did you know mm -hmm. when you started, it was going to be six books down the road or seven books down the road that that would happen? Um, you know, that, you always hope that you're going to be writing a series that uh, a publisher wants to get behind and support and continue to promote. And luckily, this series has been really popular um, and it, it's got some legs, which is wonderful. Like I'm working on book nine right now, uh, which is a great joy because I love these characters and getting to, to kind of take them through a long, slow burn relationship, but also lots of adventures at the same time is just a joy because, you know, as a writer, 
you when you when you build that world and you create those characters sometimes you just don't want to turn loose of them you want to see what else they can do um and you enjoy spending time with them and and kind of leading them into different situations and um throwing them curveballs to to you know make life a little interesting and difficult for them um and so i've 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 greatly enjoyed doing that um and then killers was just an opportunity to to kind of switch everything up it must have been great for you as a writer, too, to have them approach you the way they did and give you an open, whatever you want to write, just, you know, we just want you to do something contemporary, and then you can really use your imagination for that. Yeah, you know, it was a huge vote of confidence on their part. It really was. And it was, and and I, I took it very much to heart. And when I would kind of falter with this book, you know, and I would turn in a draft and it wouldn't be where it needed to be, and my editor would give me notes and I would cry. I, I, I kept going back to the fact that they came to me and they they believed I could do this. And I just, you know, kept plugging away at it and kept redrafting it. And it it all did not come together until the 96 hours before it was due, before we had our drop dead date that it had to go into production and everything finally clicked. Like I had I had worked through it so much that I understood exactly where the flaws were and I knew how to fix them. Um, and I ended up with a book that I'm really proud of. I think it's a lot of fun. I do want to comment on that, that it, there is this comedic aspect to it as well. I mean, yes, it's a thriller and there's action going on, but it does, it has these great timing for comedy in it as well, which makes you literally laugh out loud while you're reading. Um, I, I want to just emphasize that we are talking with Deanna Rayborn and Deanna, we will link to your website in our show notes so that people can check out more because um, you have written quite a bit. This is just your most recent one, Killers of a Certain Age, which came out on September 6th. And we wish you nothing but luck. Thank you so oh, much for joining us thank today. Thank you so much. It's absolutely been my pleasure. Welcome back, everyone, as we wrap up this episode of Behind the Books. Thanks so much to Deanna Rayborn for taking the time to talk to us about her new book and her foray into the standalone thriller. And now she took a little bit of a leap with Killers of a Certain Age. And I think people will enjoy that book. Uh, if you like thrillers, if you like mystery type books, it's a good one. So make sure you pick that up. We have it available in our system. Interesting to hear her kind of talk about how you know, she was an established writer and then she was approached to come up with an idea for something a little bit different. I think one of the things that, I mean, well, obviously we're always learning something new about the industry and the fact that here she is doing this successful series and then her publisher comes to her and says, hey, we'd like you to do this. I mean, kind of a total switch of gears and um, just not really realizing that things like that happen in for, for authors where, they are challenged with new things. And I think uh, her research process I thought was interesting. I like the idea, especially when we think about the world and I'm mean, just thinking about the industry of like acting and like how they say there's no roles for women, you know, over 40 or whatever. And here she is, she's taking this, this profession and putting these women on the map and giving them this story. And I just love the, uh, the idea behind it. And it's it certainly, it, it's even though it's a it's a thriller mystery there's a lot of comedy in it as well which i think she did well and i also enjoyed our chat with shilpa because she's kind of taken things that she likes to do and turned them into programs over there at the at hickory corner and she's done an amazing job too trying to expand the services that we offer 
she mentioned this when we talked about the community loom that they did at the Hickory Corner branch. And she was talking about uh, how she, I guess she was on a, a webinar or professional development uh, course and they talked about it. And I just, that speaks to how the librarians and the staff at Mercer County are always taking advantage of these different courses and webinars that are available and taking those ideas and putting them into practice and actually implementing them. So I just, I, it was such a neat idea. And I do hope to uh, link to some of the pictures that were posted on our social media because it, it's just a neat concept and it really is this uh, image of community done through this loom. And Anna, another fun episode to put together, two interesting women that we talked to. I enjoyed this one and I'm sure I'll enjoy the next one when we get back together in a couple of weeks. Once again, we want to thank Deanna Rayborn as well as Shilpa Schonbog for taking time to talk with us today. And Bob, I will see you in a couple of weeks. Thank you for listening to Behind the Books, a podcast by the Mercer County Library System. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a review. For more information about the Mercer County Library System, please visit us on the web at mcl.org. We are produced by Laura Narasik. Our thanks goes out to Kim Livingston for her technical expertise, as well as to Dana Benner for creating our cover art. Your hosts are Bob Noose and Anna Vanskoy.